Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos. As always, I'm Jess. I'm your host. For today's episode, I decided to do something a little bit different. Instead of telling you stories about other people's encounters with the paranormal, I got to sit down and talk to author Kevin Killen. He wrote the book Ghosts and Me, which details a lot of his personal accounts throughout his life where he has experienced paranormal activity. We talk about some of the events that made him decide that he should write a book. He has sent me the book. I read through it. It was a pretty good book. The thing I liked best about it, which we do talk about here in this interview, is that it's realistic. This isn't some scary horror novel. It's a realistic account of what a lot of people do experience as far as the paranormal. I had a great time sitting down and talking with Kevin. I really appreciate him coming on. It was a very nice and very refreshing kind of episode to do. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Here is my discussion with Kevin Killen about the paranormal. So I am sitting here with Kevin Killen. That's how you say your name, right? Yes. Okay. And you wrote the book, Ghosts and Me. You did send me a copy, and it was a pretty good book. I mean, I was very impressed with it, and you detailed a lot of things in here that happened throughout your life. So what made you decide that you wanted to write a book about your paranormal experiences? Well, um, I think really it boils down to um, I wanted to search for answers. So I, I figured that would probably be one of the best things because a lot of this stuff I don't understand and I didn't understand. I'm understanding a little bit better now. But uh, I just figured, you know, I, I could like kind of do a diary type thing and then put them together. And I've always wanted to be an author. Um, so I basically said, OK, well, let's go ahead and do this and see where it goes. And um, this, this is about a 15 year journey from first word until publication. So it's, it's been a pretty hefty thing. Um, wow. but yeah, that's pretty much, 
yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I wanted to do is, is I'm searching for answers why th- these things are happening and, and why this goes on and continues to this day. Okay. I, th- I think we all have questions like that. Reading the book, you've definitely had more experiences concerning the paranormal than I would say the average person. It's fascinating to read through and kind of see what your reactions to things were, what your first thoughts on them were. What would you say about your perspective, I guess? Would you say that you are a skeptic or that you're a believer? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Um, you're a firm believer? I, like I said, yeah, w- w- with everything that's gone on, like I said, I mean, and the one thing that I, I've told a lot of people and I continue to tell people is when you have an experience or experiences like this, the first thing we all do is we think we're crazy. Right. So that that's kind of where I've always been. And I'm, I'm, even to this day, when I have experiences, I, I I have to stop and be like, okay, did this really happen? But yeah, I'm definitely a firm believer in this. Well, I, I definitely don't blame you considering the experiences you have had. I myself am a mix of the two. I'm a believer. I have had some experiences. I'm still partially a skeptic, though. And that's the same for a lot of people. What has been the feedback on this book so far? Because how long has it been out? Um, it's been out since June of last year. Okay. Um, mostly for, for what I've got is mostly positive. Um, I've had a lot of, uh, like I said, when I've, I've gone to book signings and, and talks and things like that and, and doing paranormal podcasts and such, um, I've gotten really good feedback on this. Um, and a lot of people at my work, uh, have this book and they've read it. And they've given me some positive feedback. And I told them, I said, look, don't give me positive feedback because I work with you and you like me. <laughs> if it's a piece of crap, tell me because that's only going to make me a better writer and I can take it. So I used to be in a, I used to be a journalist. So. Right. Taking my writing is has been part of my life for a long time, but overall it's been really positive. Good. Now, when reading through this, I noticed in some things, I don't know if you just decided to not put them in there. Were there times where you did look for other explanations for some of these things or all of them? Like to find the more mundane kind of explanation that could explain why these feelings are going on or why these things are happening. Oh yeah, and even to the, to this day, like I said, my my current workplace that I, I speak about in the, in the last half of the book uh, is still currently active. Um, but again, when when I hear or see things or whatever, uh, the first thing I'll, I'll do is I won't go to oh my god that's a spirit. I'll, I'll I'll make sure okay was that the lighting was it a lightning storm. You know, was that the wind rattling the wind? You know, things like that. Right. So, you know, you, you, you have to do that. And in the beginning, uh, because I didn't know anything and, and I was a typical chicken. So when things happen immediately, oh, my God, there's a go. You know, but then after a while, you realize that there are legit uh, reasons for things happening and not everything is paranormal. And you have to decide between the two. Right, right. Are there any experiences that you wrote about that you kind of question and think that maybe there was a more mundane explanation, especially now it having been six months since the book was published and being a 15 year journey of writing it. Is there anything that stands out or makes you kind of think twice about now? 
Uh, yeah, uh, there, there's some things that uh, go on in my workplace. Um, like I, I talk about in there that uh, I've heard things on the roof. Um, uh-huh. And it was very disturbing. Um, but honestly, and, and this hap- actually happened by mistake. Um, I have a, an, a right out front. I used to be a smoker mm-hmm. and, and I quit. But I actually, and this isn't to say anything. I just want to, you know, um, I'm very transparent. This is nothing to, you know, tug at the heartstrings. But I actually had a heart attack last June. So oh this, as a matter of fact, that when the book came out, it was it, the same week the book came out, I had a heart attack, which is really crazy. Jeez. So, yeah. So it was, it was I, I think somebody, one of my coworkers joked about this being a bar trivia. Like what are, what author had a heart attack the same week his book came out? And that would be me. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyway, <clears throat> so when I used to smoke out front, um, we used to get, uh, we have an overhang and, and we had gutters and everything. So we used to hear like possums and raccoons in there. So I, I figured that a lot of that probably what sounded like humans running across the, the, the roof were probably just raccoons and possums getting caught in the attic. So that yeah, was like definitely one thing animal. that I'm actually looking at. And then there's a, a few other things where, where maybe uh, some things at the workplace that were probably less paranormal than I probably put in there. And thinking back on it now, it probably was, it was more of an explanation that was more logical than paranormal. Yeah. Well, I think we all kind of do that as time goes by, we really like kind of get that different perspective to really look at things and see, well, maybe this wasn't as unusual as I thought it was. That happens quite, quite a lot. I mean, I've had experiences like that, too. So considering that you had enough experiences to write a book on, do you think that spirits are possibly drawn to you for some reason? Yes, absolutely. Um, And my explanation um, in the book and what I've found out is that I'm very empathic. And I think that's one reason that they're drawn to me, but also... Uh, and I explained that in the in the beginning of the book that uh, my Celtic ancestry, being Irish, has a lot to do with it as well. And I think I have a lot of quote unquote sight in the family that was never talked about that I, I kind of suspected later on as as I went through this. Um, but but yeah, I, I believe I'm kind of like a beacon to them, and, mm-hmm. and that's um, yeah, they, they see me, and it's like oh hey, he can see and hear us, so we're going to make a beeline. I, I use the the analogy of the roadside motel with the little blinking <laughs> vacancy sign. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's me. So that they see that and then they, they, they make the beeline for me because they know I can pick them, pick up on them. So yeah, I definitely do. I see that as a, a common trend that a lot of people that do experience more paranormal activity or things that can be considered paranormal do have a kind of, I don't want to say ability because it's, not the right word, but some kind of unique thing about them. They're either empathic or they have some kind of psychic bit to them to where they can sense, feel, see this other world. And they seem to be drawing them to them. <laughs> like you said, like that motel light on. It seems to be a very common trend to where somebody that's not a believer somebody that isn't empathic and doesn't experience these things ever seem to just be totally unfazed by them. Have you ever been to 
like a real haunted location, like um, some of the big ones, like say Waverly Hills, for example, or, you know, places like that. No. And actually I have a, a huge bucket list of, of haunted places I want to visit before I kick the bucket, which like I said, uh, unfortunately almost happened recently, but uh, yeah, I, I, I have not been to, and, and again, living in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, I'm surrounded by, I I'm actually like three miles down the road from Mount Vernon, which is supposed to be really, really haunted. And I haven't been to Mount Vernon since I was a kid, but um, there's a lot of places in DC, Northern Virginia that are, you know, really haunted that I have not visited, but um, yeah, definitely there's, there's a lot of places that, and, and it's also cause I, I want to go there, but also kind of like, all right, I'm going to test my theories here about myself and see what, what comes about. But yeah, I, I haven't been, but I definitely do have a, a pretty large bucket list. See, that was going to be my question was what that kind of experience would be like for somebody that is like you that can feel these things that can pick up on these things or would something like try to attach to you. Like, I was just curious if you had had an experience like that. Yes. But- I've actually had two attachments that one was negative and one was definitely a more positive one. Yeah. Um, the, the, the negative one was um, after following a channeling session that my then girlfriend did and, and didn't close the portal and something came through and, was really dark and nasty and actually affected all of us that were in that circle doing that. Um, and my personality was totally changed. Um, and again, I'm not going to use the possession word cause I wasn't possessed, but there was something definitely going on that was caused by that. Um, kind so of like a emotional influence type thing. Yes. Yes, definitely. Like I said, it was my personality totally changed and it was just like a lot of dark, dark energy that, uh, that was with me for, for a, a good while until that portal got uh, closed and I was actually cleansed um, wow. from that, from that energy, but it was, it was nasty. And there's still some, some effects to this day from some of the people that were involved. <clears throat> they, they, they won't admit to it, but I know personally, at least I, I believe that uh, what had happened then has affected them greatly to this day. But again, they, they won't believe that. And then that's fine. That's, you know, that's, their perspective. And I, I respect that. Um, right. The other one was, that uh, was actually a, a more pleasant one. Uh, I guess um, she, uh, she joined me in the shower. I so remember was, reading uh, about that in the book. That was. Yes. yes. Interesting. Elizabeth, she was, uh, she was an interesting one. And like I said, you know, when, when that happened and, and going back to what you were asking me about, you know, whether it could have been something that wasn't paranormal you know, I pondered and thought and just that racked my brain for like a long time. Like, OK, maybe 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 I'm going crazy because maybe this this didn't happen. But the swirling wind is the only thing that keeps coming back to me. And that's never happened before. You know, wind doesn't do that. And this is what this particular entity was doing, was wrapping itself around me. Uh, and it was it was like I said, and I didn't understand it then. Um, and I. You know, my, my girlfriend at the time was a witch or she's still a witch, but she's, um, you know, she was a witch and a practitioner, a very good psychic, a very good tarot reader. So she was the one who was telling me about, you know, who this was and what was going on and, and how to how to stop it, because it really started freaking me out. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't blame you. If somebody was giving me a cold hug in the shower, I wouldn't be too happy about it either. I mean, especially if you can't see them or know for sure that they're there. That's. 
I can't imagine having an experience like that. I'm not empathic or psychic or anything like that. I almost want to say unfortunately, but after reading your book, I'm kind of glad I don't have that ability. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that, that's like I said, that's 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 something like like I said, and, and honestly, I've, I've been asked that question too. Do they think you know, is this a blessing or a curse? Mm-hmm. And, and and before when I when I understood last, it was definitely a curse to me because it was it was bothersome and it was kind of really screwing up my life. But now that I've actually understood some of it and I can harness it, it's definitely a blessing. And I'm glad that I have it because obviously it was meant to be for a specific reason for whatever that reason is. And I've not been told yet, but uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely would never give it up. Well, good, good. I mean, I have no idea what it would be like to experience anything that you have when it comes to your experiences. I mean, I'm not sure if one of the things you already talked about is going to fall into this kind of category or not, but is there one experience that affected you more than any of the others? Wow. That's a good question. You know, that's one thing I have to say is what I love about doing these uh, paranormal podcasts and these shows is that every host has asked me questions I've never heard before. And, and this, <laughs> this, this is, this is one that has never come across. And, and again, this is a great question because I, of all the things, I think everything that I've had, which is, which is in this book has shaped everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have to probably say if there's anything, I would have to say my first uh, encounter when I was five years old, because, and, and I've heard this, in, in numerous books and on numerous talk shows. And for me, it's true is when you have a paranormal experience, your life has changed forever. And, yeah. and that's just, that's just basically And most people that will, that will tell you the same thing. And I've, I've talked to people who've had a lot of the same experiences that I did. And they'll say the same thing. Um, those experiences do shape you and they do change you sometimes for the worse, but hopefully for the better. But yeah, I'd have to say my first one when I was five um, which actually took place in Evanston, Illinois, uh, when my family lived in a really big, old, rambling uh, structure out there. Um, me and my mother were by ourselves in the house, and, and I had heard footsteps upstairs, and we were downstairs. And I turned to my mother and said, who's that? Or, you know, my mother said, oh, that's my little boy, you know, thinking that I wouldn't get scared because she knew we were the only two in the house. And I remember that distinctly. Uh, to this day, because I just, I, you know, it's one of those things that's just, it's been an impression on my life uh, since that time. I can still hear those footsteps right now. I I see it, see it vividly in my head as I'm speaking with you. So it was, it was, that was the one. And that was actually the first one that I ever had um, from then up until now. But yeah, I'd have to say the first one, definitely. I, I can understand that those, those first experiences do seem to have a big impact on a lot of people. Now you and your mom both heard the footsteps. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I, I touched upon this a little bit in the book, mm-hmm. my mother, um, she, she had abilities. Um, she, she never would talk about them too much at all. And unfortunately she had um, uh, a lot of substance abuse issues when I was growing up. So a lot of that was probably dulled I'm sure because, you know, when you have substance abuse issues, then obviously you're more of a target for for paranormal 
but also people think, oh, okay, well, you're just, you know, you're stoned or whatever. That didn't happen. So there was a lot of that, but she, she would never go into that. And later on before she passed, she's been passed about 20 years now um, before she did. Um, I tried to talk to her a little bit and, and, and she wouldn't open up too too much to me about that, but she would, uh, but she had more than she let on. And I know that, that now, and especially now that I've actually got the intuitive empathic ability, I, I know now that she had more ability than she let on. Well, I, obviously you didn't write about her very much hearing you talk about her and the experience you had, plus trying to talk to her after knowing that there was a substance abuse problem that's that seems to be a very big thing for a lot of people that do have these abilities is they try to block it out with substance abuse. Maybe that was like her coping mechanism so that she could either make those excuses to herself or that she wouldn't remember them or wouldn't see them as much or hear them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that uh, that's something actually I I really never considered before. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm actually in I'm a substance abuse counselor now, so that's actually my profession, and uh, I, I talk about that uh, in the book is is how I draw the correlation between a weak spirit through recovery and and paranormal events. Because um, again, I, I work in a very active active place right now. <laughs> with 60 yeah. something individuals that have substance abuse issues and they're in recovery. Um, but no, that's an actually an interesting take on it. I never really thought about that, but uh, yeah, it definitely could be. And, and, and my mother, um, she, she traveled a lot around the world um, before her and my father got married. So she, she knew about a lot of different, different places, a, a lot of Southeast Asia uh, and a lot of Asia. So that, that, you know, I'm sure she came across a lot of, of, of their kind of paranormal stuff. And, and yeah, who knows what she saw and, and also being from the South. So she probably saw, probably saw a lot growing up, but uh, I'm sure. again, yeah, again, I, I never really talked to her about that. And like I said, the, the most she'd ever tell me is when she was in the house where I caught my first EVP electronic voice phenomenon in the house I grew up in. And she said she was unsettled by, she never liked to stay in that house by herself, but she never elaborated as to why. That, yeah, I have noticed that a lot of people I've known that do have certain abilities or certain, yeah, abilities isn't the right word. I haven't figured out the right word for it yet. But this knack for being able to pick up on these things, either sense, see, feel, they, a lot of times at some point in their life, do go through substance abuse issues. And it's so that they can block those things out. And feel normal at least a little bit for a while or to not think that they're going crazy. <laughs> and I, I couldn't imagine seeing, hearing or feeling things that don't seem to be there. I would probably have done the same thing. <laughs> I don't think I can handle stuff like that, but yeah. I mean, props to you for doing it too. Well, like I said, that that's the one thing is in, and I do touch upon that in the book is that I, I battled my own substance abuse issues. But mm -hmm. um, like I said, once, uh, you know, it's interesting because they, you know, they talk about it, the moment of clarity with alcoholics. And, and that was my drug of choice. I was an alcoholic. I was drinking all the time. But once I yeah. stopped that, it did kind of open me up. 
So that's honestly from like the nineties to now when I've had a lot of my experiences is, is the time that I've been sober. So that, that's interesting because, you know, I have the clear mind now. So maybe that could be part of it as well. It, it could be. That's just what I've gathered from some people that I do know that have been through similar things. It seems to be a common theme. So when it comes to all of your experiences, you published the book back in June. Have you had any more since then? Yes. Um, not, not as, and, and, and here's, here's one thing that actually I, I, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't know if interesting is really the word for it, but um, like I said, I knew this book was coming out and when I had my heart attack, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd, I'd heard, of course, you know, and, and the near death experiences where people, you know, see angels and they see relatives and everything around you before you go. Um, I had none of that. Um, when I was being worked on, um, when they were working on me to save me, um, I just had a peaceful feeling come over me that I was okay. I was ready to go if, if necessary, and I was okay with that. Now, the only thing that was going through my mind um, was that a lot of people didn't even know I was going through this because I was at work at night. So a lot of people, my girlfriend, friends, family, did not know I was having a heart attack and almost died. So. Um, that was the one thing I was like, oh, my God, how are they going to know, you know, things like that. But, yeah, there was no, no, you know, nobody there to cross me over, uh, people like that. So I always, I thought that was kind of interesting in, in, in some sort of weird way. I thought I was kind of cheated. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but there was none of that. But I was just, like I said, I I'd had in my mind, I was ready to go. If, if necessary, yeah. I was okay with it. And And I know a lot of people are scared of that. I'm not. But that just to me, I, I and again, I thought that was kind of a twisted irony is the fact that here I am writing this book about what I've seen and felt and gone through. And here I am almost gone and there's nothing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's that's very interesting because you're you're right. You hear a lot of people say that they have family members and stuff like that there to help them cross over. Was was there the light the, like the only light was the, yeah. The only light was from the hospital. <laughs> Honestly, the only light was from the hospital room. That okay. was it. There was no white light. There was no glowing white light. There was no people in the corner that I knew. You know any of that? And, and maybe it could be because I wasn't going. But again, <clears throat> um, excuse me. I had the what they call the widow maker. I should have died. My doctor actually told me I should have died because <laughs> my blockage was so severe that I should have died. He said, you know, you're lucky, Kevin, that you didn't because we had a guy in here three days ago who was in much better health than you and he didn't make it. Wow. So yeah, I had the, I had what they call the widow maker heart attack. And for whatever reason, I was not ready, but that was actually one of the things I was thinking of was like, Jesus, I, I got this book published. I'm not even going to enjoy it because I'm going to be dead, you know? And I know that's really crazy when I tell people that. Um, but yeah, there was no sort, no, no, no light, nobody to cross me over, nobody. So I, I guess for me, it was, it wasn't my time, but I did, um, for me, it, it did change me. I mean, I have a whole different lifestyle now. Yeah. Maybe it was just kind of one of those things you needed to have that wake up call so that you can live a long, healthy life to finish out whatever purpose you're here for. Yeah, there's def- definitely, I, I have no no doubt that there was, because um, like I said, I, uh, you know, I tell people, people that now, and 
again, if I had known what I know now before, I, I tell people, and, and again, I, in the field that I work in, everyone smokes. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I told them, I said, I'm not going to be a, a cigarette Nazi for you guys because I was there. But that contributed to me having a heart attack. And they're just like, you know, Kevin, this is amazing that you're even here. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, my lifestyle was what did it. So, um, you know, and, and again, um, that that's definitely one thing. But <clears throat> excuse me, we kind of got off on a tangent there. And I apologize for that. Oh, that's fine. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I've had, uh, um, as a matter of fact, about a week ago, um, I was working in, in my current you know, in my workplace and uh, we have a, the staff office is just like the big, you know, it's got the table and everything in there. There's a hallway off to the back of that, that has where all the staff offices are. Well, I don't know what it was. Maybe they wanted to ring in the new year, but they, boy, they were active. They were pounding on the wall. They were, there was voices, there was doors slamming, there was papers rattling. And the person I was working with, she was somewhat used to this, but she got really creeped out and she had to leave because she couldn't take it. She went to, there's another side of the building where um, her, the other office was. And she was like, Kevin, something's back here and I can't deal with this. So I'll, I'll see you over there. And she like left. And I just laughed at her because I've gotten so used to them that I actually, I'll talk. I'll be like, Hey, you know, I know you're here. I don't know what's up. You all need to calm down and stop. And it usually does. But for this particular yeah. one night, I don't know what was going on, but they were really, really active. Um, so that was actually, like I said, that was like about a week ago. So that was actually fairly recent. Interesting. Maybe they were bringing in the new year like that. Do you notice that there are certain times of the year where you have more experiences, like during the winter time or anything like that? Yeah, um, actually, for me, and I know this is going to sound terribly cliche, <laughs> and, and that's fine because I love Halloween. Halloween's like my favorite time of the year. Um, but for me, it's like from late mid to late September until November is really when a lot of the, a lot of uh, things are active for me. And I think it's the energy levels. The energy levels um, are, are are just increased and, and elevated. And if, if you know, a lot of people who don't understand that, um, they, they, they don't get it. And I, I tell them it's kind of like a roller coaster. It's like, you know, you're going up, up, up from September to October, and then you're kind of peaking it in mid-October, and then you're going full-fledged down by the end of October, and that's where everything's kind of just opened up. But, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's usually between September and the end of October where a lot more is active that I've noticed, although I've had experiences year-round. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I was just curious about that. You know, everybody talks about the veil thinning during Halloween and I've never really yeah. understood the thought process behind it because then there's the same thought process that it's just the dark half of the year. The entire six months from fall to spring is the time when the veil's thinner. Right. And it's it's interesting hearing the theories and then also hearing like experiences like yours to where you can pinpoint a month or so or two months where things are more active or you have more experiences than others. It's just interesting hearing, especially from somebody who can and does experience these things. 
Yeah, and and I've told people um, for me, and, and and like I said, w- w- with all of this, and at least with me, and I, I'm I'm beginning to understand and, and find out for others, this is a very cyclical thing. Is that you're not on their timetable; they they do what they need to do, mm-hmm. and you're kind of at their. I don't want to say you're at their mercy, but you know you can't go like you see on some of these ghost shows where people come in there and start yelling and oh my god, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> They 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 let you know when they want you to know, and and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is. So, like I said, that's why I, I say for some reason, and basically not just with the paranormal stuff, but with the empathic feeling, where I can feel more emotions during that time because the things are heightened. I feel more off with people during that time as well. But um, yeah, I found it to be very cyclical. I mean, I've gone weeks and months without anything happening and thinking, "Oh my God, I'm done. I don't have it anymore." And then boom, the minute I say that, you know, something will happen. And I'm just like, okay, I spoke too soon. It's still here, you know? So, yeah. Well, that's, that's very interesting. So you'll go longer periods of time with nothing. So do you go longer periods of time with things closer together then too? Like during that time or? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, I don't really. Like how you'll have these. Are, oh, you mean like in between like. As far as like events went, like how close they were to, to each other. Yeah. Are there like periods of time where you'll seem to have like experience after experience after experience and like it's a never ending <laughs> kind of like yeah. how you have the dead spots? Yes. Yes. That That's that. Yeah. For me, that that definitely happens. Like I, I'll, I'll go days or weeks with something happening either with me or to somebody I know. And then they, they're, Oh my God, Kevin, this happened. And I was like, yeah, I know or, or whatever. And then I'll go like months without anything actually weeks or months. And and again, it's just kind of, I think it's the energy levels for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe honestly that they have to do, they do. I don't want to say feed off of the energy, but the energy gives them power to to be able to manifest and do what they need to do. So I think the energy levels, when they're increasing, that that helps them um, do whatever it is that they need to do. I can definitely agree with that. I think that's pretty much as accurate as anybody's going to get. <laughs> so with your book, I want to thank you again for sending it to me. That was really nice of you. I enjoyed reading it. What you said, you got a lot of great feedback from it. Have you received any criticism? You know, there's always, uh, you the know, all, yeah, you know, honestly, and, and, and maybe this will open up the floodgates. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, I, I really have not um, actually. And this is the one bit of criticism and this, I don't even really think was criticism, um, but I, I did a book signing in my college town uh, back mm-hmm. in October at a library I actually used to work with that is actually haunted by the woman that it's named after. And it was, um, and this is a very small town in Pennsylvania. It's a very uh, religious place, things like that. So one of the women who was hosting it uh, said something kind of offhand to me about um, get right with Jesus or something like that. (laughs) When we were talking about my book or something, Thing and I was just like, um, okay, I don't, I'm not going to yell at you because you hosted me and I like your cookies. So I'm not going to like do that. But it was just kind of caught me off guard because we were just, you know, because I was, she was, we were all getting introduced with our books. Mm-hmm. And this woman actually said something about getting right with Jesus 
or some, something to the fact that, well, that's fine if you do that, but I'm with Jesus. Something about Jesus, and basically I know what the undertone was, and I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, but honestly, uh, no, I've actually have not gotten any uh, real criticism. I, I have had some critiquing from work, from work people, which is great because I love that. Because um, I told them again, if if it sucks, let me know because it'll make my next book better. Because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll write stronger. And and honestly, it was funny because they actually weren't critiquing me; they were critiquing the book, like the the format and the editing. And I was like, um, okay, well, I guess that's okay since you're not you know slamming me. But they find it interesting that all this stuff goes on and it worked there. And 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 most of them have had experiences here, so they're not surprised. So they can kind of like say, oh, I experienced this too. And yes, yes. Um, we've had, uh, actually some of the, some of the, one of the incidents that I did speak about is actually my current director, um, who was not a director at the time, but she was actually working with me on an overnight shift and she experienced a lot of stuff. And she was like, Kevin, I don't know how you do this every night. (laughs) I do not like beat this building at night at all. So when the book came out, she thought it was really cool that I did that because she was like, I remember working with, I said, I know you're in there, Stacy. <laughs> so she's like, oh my God. I said, I didn't use your name, but you'll, you'll know it's you when you read this. And she was like, oh, but yeah. So yeah, I've had a lot of work, work people and, and a lot of them, you know, that don't believe in that and that's fine. And, and, and again, I was actually expecting more kind of a backlash from the people I worked with. I have not gotten that at least not to my face. So <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. Well, have you noticed since writing the book, more people are starting now to come up to you and start telling you the things that they did experience? You know, so, Somewhat, yes, but only after they found out that I've written a book. Um, and that's one thing, actually, and, and I have to say I'm, I'm a little surprised and and um, and I guess this is more of a more of an ego thing. Is that since I've, I've I've been doing these shows and, and and the book's been out and I've been you know promoting it and I've done some book signings, um, I encourage people. Um, I have my email uh, at the end of the book and I, I give my email on the air. I encourage people and want people to to email me with questions or just talk about these things and have a nice discourse. I've only had three people actually email me about anything. And that's actually, for me, I, I just thought that was a little surprising because I, I go back after I listen to the shows and I see the people, you know, giving their comments and I've gotten mostly all positive feedbacks and, you know, people apparently really seem to like me as a guest, which is great. And I, I love that, but I haven't gotten anybody to really, really uh, uh, talk to me, even if, if, even just to say, Hey, you know, I read your book and it sucks. You know, that's fine. But I don't <laughs> get that. And that's just really surprising to me. And I've talked to some people and a lot of it goes back to the, the fact that I, this is a very oversaturated genre. Oh, and, yes. And I do understand that. And secondly, I, I'm trying to get my name out there and it's another, it's just a name building thing. But again, like I said, I, I welcome all comments and criticism and, and everything from anybody to come up and talk to me. Oh, hey, this happened to me. Or again, even you want to tell me my book sucks. That's 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 great. That just dropped me a line. I'm okay with that. So, um, not really, but I'm hoping that will increase as time goes on. I'm sure it will. As you become better known and more people read the book and it it starts spreading, you'll get more people that do contact you and want to say, "Hey, I had a very similar experience." And they'll start talking to you about it because people do want to talk about these things. 
not everybody oh. feels comfortable with it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like I said, and, and I know definitely in the last 10 or 15 years, um, th- this is something that's actually, you know, you, I don't want to say come out of the closet because I don't like that term, but you know, you know how, it, how taboo it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, because, you know, first thing, Oh, I got to go to my house. No, you're crazy. But exactly. now through, you know, different things. And, and, and I have to say that, and I, I unfortunately never got to meet them. And I thought I would have loved to do it. It was the Warrens really kicked down that door and, much many props go out to them for actually putting this on the map and actually saying, Hey, this stuff does happen. And again, I would have loved to have met them. They, they just seem like really cool people. Um, but I think honestly, they're, they're one of the, the ones in the beginning and also Mary Ellen Guiley who just passed recently. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. about losing you on that call (laughs) that's quite all right so other than the warrens is there anybody else that you think really has a has a big impact on how people see the paranormal today uh yes definitely um mary mary ellen guiley who just passed not too long ago Mm -hmm. um she was huge uh in this field uh and and i was um, saying one of the persons that I was doing a uh, book signing with, um, we actually kind of wrote the same book about the same uh, book about the same place. Actually, it was kind of kind of interesting. And I've been talking, kind of conversing with him before my book came out, uh, comparing notes, which was actually really interesting because we we kind of came across the same things. He actually co-authored that book with her, and uh, when I got to see him back in October, I was picking his brain about her, and she seemed like a really, really cool person. I, I read a number of her books, and I've listened to a number of her radio shows, um, and she mm-hmm. she would have been really nice to meet. Um, but I think for me, the the first and foremost was Hans Holzer. Uh, he was he was really the one that I I really the first some of the first books that I read about spirits and ghosts when I was a child uh, came from him, and and I was I was a lifelong fan. Uh, of him and I, I have all of his books. So for me, those definitely were kind of like the big three. Yeah, I I can understand that. I mean, um, I'm not very familiar with, I'm terrible with names to begin with. <laughs> so placing like the names are so familiar, but I can't name anything that I can remember them doing. But I also have the same issue with even the Warrens. Like I know the cases they've done. It's just my memory sucks. And, (laughs) but the, I, I know a lot of people have mixed views, especially on the Warrens. They're controversial in a way, but it's like people either think they were doing God's work and they were, they were phenomenal or people think they were just con artists. It's, it's an interesting mix because obviously I I host a podcast, but I'm also a podcast fan. 
I'm sure you've listened to a bunch of shows or seen a bunch of things to where there are both sides, especially for the Warrens. Right. I think personally, the only issue I have with the Warrens is that so many things were just demonic and that kind of turned me off of it. That's yeah. That's one of the, I think a lot of the issues that a lot of people have with, with them and not just them, but if you watch a lot of these shows that I guess for shock factor and ratings that everyone turns to demons. Right. Have, have you had any experiences with anything you would consider as being demonic or anything like that? Or does it seem to always be a little more human ish? Um, the only thing I can think of, and, and, and I don't think this was demonic. I just think this was a really dark spirit was the one that attached to me. Other okay. than that, they've all they've all been what I would determine is 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 uh, like you said, humanish. So yeah, that that was really the only one that I've come across that had some overtones of what would be described as demonic, but I don't think it quite was. Okay, I I can understand that. I, I haven't had many experiences, a few, but nothing in comparison. <laughs> My experiences are like. The first seven years of your life, maybe. So I was curious as to your perspective on it, since you do experience these things more often, especially considering we're talking about the Warrens and the cases they investigated to where everything is demonic. And that that always bothered me with the Warrens. Like that never sat right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and definitely, like I said, that that there is a huge divide in in the paranormal community about them, and, and I totally understand that, and I get that. Like I said, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that really irritates the hell out of me with these ghost shows is that you know, season two is is oh my god, they're chasing a demon. Well, yes. what the hell happened in season one when you when you weren't? Well, people weren't watching, so. You know, and, and again, a lot of people, there's so so many misconceptions about that. You know, uh, it, what they see on TV, 90% of it never happens, like the way it shows up like that. So I think a lot of, there's so many misconceptions with that. But yeah, a lot of them seem to turn to demonic. And, and again, what I'm understanding about a lot of these um, shows is that, you know, obviously you have a contract and you have, you know, producers in your ear and this and that. And the reason I bring that up is because, Everything in this book, I will take a lie detector test on a sworn affidavit that these things did happen to me. Right. So I, I didn't have anybody. There's nothing in there. And I don't think there's anything in there overtly scary uh-uh. or terrifying. So it's like I, I didn't like elevate this at any anything. I described it as, as I experienced it the way it was uh, without embellishing it. Well, that that is one thing that I really, really liked about your book is it's not like you're claiming that this spirit was hanging over your face and, or possessing you or anything that seems outlandish. These are experiences that a lot of us might overlook or that a lot of people can reasonably have. They're not theatrical. They're not over-exaggerated. That was really nice to read because it's the, the normal kind of experience that people do have. Yeah, was, and, and like I said, I, I've I've read a a number of of ones that have come out uh, recently about you know personal experiences, and unfortunately, there's a couple of them that have 
gained a lot of popularity that have been either you know dismissed for being over the top or just out out outright fake or you know oh you were making money off of this and none of this happened and and again mine was just I I did this and again I'm not going to lie and not say I wanted to be commercial because I did I mean I put a lot of you know blood sweat and tears into this thing right but I just wanted to tell my story the way it, it really happened to gain perspective on what is going on. Because like I said, I still have so many more questions that I can't get the answers to that I'm still searching for. And I know I'll come up with a ton more before it's all over, but that's one reason I wanted to bring this out because, you know, I love discourse and I've met some really good people that we have some really good back and forth about what these things could be or what is going on. And everybody has great, um, insight about what they what they can be and and i just love you know differing varying opinions on on what things are so that's really why i put that out here i i i do like that and i really like that you are very open-minded about these things even in your book you're not set on one specific thing like this has to be this it's more like this is my experience and this is my interpretation of it and quite a few times i read in there that you ended something with the phrase, but who knows? I really like that. It's it's refreshing to see somebody not be adamant about something being exactly one thing. Yes. Did you never yeah. see that? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. And I've actually come across that uh, before, <clears throat> excuse me, where it doesn't matter. You, you you could provide as much as you want on this. And, and it's unfortunate because this, this particular person I'm thinking about, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to get called to the carpet or whatever. But this particular person was on another show and he was just like the biggest jackass because it was like hey. the host couldn't tell him anything. Everything was, oh, it's in the book and this is this. And then I, I turned him off. I couldn't deal with him because I was like, I can't. This guy's a jackass. Because this is the kind of thing that really screws up for the rest of us. Is this guy thinks he knows everything and he knows nothing. And Unfortunately, a really that's a common yeah. thing. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I never read his book and I turned off the, the, the show halfway through because I was like, I want to punch this guy. <laughs> you know, so. What you're describing sounds very familiar. I, of course, can't remember any names whatsoever, but it, I think I know which. <laughs> I might know which show you're talking about. And if it's the one I'm thinking of and the the person I'm thinking of, I completely agree. That was one of the most frustrating interviews. And I'm pretty sure I shut it off about 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it it, it is it's frustrating. But, you know, that's one thing I do love about your show, Jess, is that you do admit readily that you can't remember anything or names. And mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, so refreshing that you don't try to cover that up. Is that you're, 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 you're vocal about it on like every, every show you've done. And, and I love that about this. I, I am extremely forgetful, <laughs> which I mean, sucks with being a Capricorn. Cause I want to not be forgetful, but. Oh yes. I just wasn't born like that, but I forget everything all the time. And I know it's frustrating to a lot of people and I've gotten emails about it. I've gotten even people telling me, well, it's not that you're forgetful. It's just that you are too lazy to remember. Like, wow. um, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, that, that's, 
Yeah, I, I think that's, that's crazy. But I, but I have to while we're on that topic, I have to say one thing. Um, as I was going through a lot of your shows that I haven't listened to, um, kind of binge binge listening some of the ones from from previous um, ones. You came, you did one. I think it was last fall, and it was a Q and A about witchcraft. And okay. you got some real condescending jerk who like emailed you some Bible verses or something. And the way you ha- yeah. handled that was really spectacular. And I wanted to commend you on that because most people would have just went off on this person. You handle it so nicely. And I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, you would be surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm very lucky that iTunes is very good about removing reviews that have cursing, hate speech, stuff like that. Or else I'd probably have like a two star on there right now. I've gotten quite a few that were awful. I get private messages. It's frustrating <laughs> and a bit concerning that people are so closed minded. Yes, yes, it, it really, it really is. You know, um, but it, it, you know, it, it, and it is something that I've been battling. You know, ever since you know I, I've, I've had these experiences and actually opened up about them, but. Um, uh, kind of switching gears back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had people at work come up to me and be like, oh, hey, by the way, when I was 10, dot, 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 and they'll tell me their story. So so that, that is kind of nice. But um, That is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and for me, witchcraft is fascinating because, like I said, I used to – my the one woman that's in the book is a practicing witch, mm-hmm. and we were together for almost 10 years, and I was really into – a lot of the things that she was doing because it fascinated me because I thought there was a, definitely a direct correlation between some of these things. And I've actually met a lot of uh, white witches that were really good. And I've actually met some dark ones that I didn't want anything to do with that literally scared me because I knew what they could do, but it's always fascinated me. And, and uh, just like I said, going back to your, your witchcraft shows, those are some of the ones that I really, I mean, I like all your shows, but those are the ones that I, I like listening because they're really fascinating and interesting to me. And I, I have learned a lot. Well, thank you. And surprisingly, I, I never planned on incorporating witchcraft into my episodes. Like I didn't plan on this being part of my podcast. It happened one day and it just took off. Those are my most downloaded episodes. Those are the ones I get the most feedback on. Whether or not, people do have very strong opinions when it comes to witchcraft. I did like reading in your book about your relationship with a witch and how you dealt with that and the things that you experienced while with her. Though it didn't center on the witchcraft part. I mean, it was just a passing mention that she was a practitioner. It's nice seeing the dynamic between somebody that doesn't practice but does have these these experiences and somebody that does practice and has experiences frequently. (laughs) It's, it was really nice reading about that. I like talking about the witchcraft because there are so many stereotypes with it and so many things people don't understand or think they understand, but have a totally different view of or a totally different understanding. That's not completely accurate. Even just, With, with somebody that does practice white or black magic or somewhere gray in between, we can all realistically do the same things. Even if you're a practicing white witch, you only do white magic. You right. still have the ability to do black magic. 
You just don't. Absolutely. We're all capable of it. You know, and I think one of the, 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 the worst things that ever happened to religion uh, as a whole, but specifically for witchcraft and things like that is Hollywood. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you know, because there's still people out there that seem to think that the Wicked Witch or the, the whatever she was in the Wizard of Oz, that's what they all look like. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, no, that's, you know, and it's it's just a lot. And, and honestly, I, I don't know if you... If, if you've seen the movie, the craft. Yeah. That, that to me was fairly close as far as what it can really be. Cause it really, you know, basically, you know, it, it, it depends on, you know, you can be white or dark depending on the witch you, you choose what you want to do. So. Yeah. That the craft was significantly closer than like the wizard of Oz or um, charmed or anything like that. Right. It was right. much closer as far as the way Hollywood portrays witches, they're always going to be way more exaggerated than what they are. I mean, if I could do some of the things like Winifred Sanderson does in Hocus Pocus, I would be down for it. I'd <laughs> yes, be all about it. Awesome. We all would. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, I would love to levitate. Exactly. I, I would love to. I would love to poof. I would love to disappear. I would love to. You know, just make things appear and reappear, whatever. I, yeah, that would be great. But uh, yeah, it doesn't happen that way. Exactly. That's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize when getting into witchcraft is those things aren't, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's another thing. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you have these shows here because I've told people on many occasions, it's the same thing with Ouija boards. You yes. don't dabble in things you have to go whole hog or nothing at all you don't play around with this stuff it's not a joke exactly it's actually, not we had friends who've had kids that were dabbling and i told them i said absolutely not and i had to i had to lecture them and i felt like an idiot but i was like no you guys can don't understand and the one time where i didn't get that um is actually in the book with with, with, with some you know things that happened with the ouija board because they didn't listen to me Mm-hmm. So, but I'm glad that you you do you do inform people about that because I, I do again I hate people oh, I dabble in it no you don't do that because you don't know what the hell you're doing yeah it's it's better to read and learn before doing same thing with a Ouija board or with any kind of divination it's better to read up on those things before you start just playing around with it I mean you wouldn't do that with like your car engine. You're not going to just start messing around, taking stuff apart and seeing what you can do with it. You're going to read and figure out what you need to do first, or you're going to have some kind of experience or somebody teach you because you can get hurt. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. That's a good analogy. I think in in one of the episodes, I used the analogy of fire too. Yes. Yes, It could be helpful, feed us, warm us, keep us alive, but it can also burn down our house. Yes. You have to be yes, responsible. Really like I said, at least you're trying to educate people <clears throat> about these things. And, and again, um, it, it is very real and I've seen it work uh, just like you said. And I, I've actually seen it like I've seen spells come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fervent believer in, in, in witchcraft and it does work depending on what you're trying to do with it. And I've seen it actually I've seen it backfire when they didn't use it right. So, yeah, I'm oh, a yes. I don't have this, you know, I don't 
know how it does, but I, I have a kind of an idea. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, and I, I want to learn more. Um, as a matter of fact, um, you probably have this How to Ride a Broomstick. How to Ride a Broomstick? She's a, yeah, her, it's her, oh gosh, what is her name? She's a Raven White Wolf, I believe her name is. I'm probably butchering it, but she's, yeah, she's a practicing witch. And she, that was like her big. Or is it big, Silver Raven Wolf? That's it. Thank you. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I knew I was going to butcher it. So, yes, her. <laughs> I've actually read a couple of her books and I like her. I'm writing it down now so I can look it up later. That's it. Silver Raven Wolf. Thank you. <laughs> She's I, the one. I have read a couple of her books. One thing that I I get a little, I don't know, I guess a little aggravated with is a lot of the literature that's out there right now is from a Wiccan perspective. And Silver Raven Wolf does do that. I have not read How to Write a Broomstick. I have read a couple of her other books. But a lot of what's out there right now that's circulated about witchcraft is from a Wiccan perspective. So if anybody is out there looking into it, just realize that and kind of realize the traditions and the frame of mind that is associated with that. I am not Wiccan in any way, shape, or form. It's never appealed to me personally. I know some people that are Wiccan and they absolutely love it, but I also know Catholics that love it. So (laughs) neither are for me, but it's, well, if you ever have any questions, especially when it comes to witchcraft, always feel free to just send me a message sometime. Be like, Hey, what is this about? (laughs) Uh, You just, you just open the door. Oh yeah, anytime. I have no you just, you problem just open whatsoever. The door because that that would be me. I'm going to bombard you because I have tons of questions. So yeah, I, I appreciate that because I actually do do want to learn a lot more about a lot of things. So that's definitely one of the things that I have a great interest in. Oh yeah, I have no issue with any questions whatsoever. I would rather somebody ask me or ask somebody else that practices and or ask as many people that practice as possible and get as many answers as you can. So you can hear all those different perspectives, because I might experience something completely different than you do. Something might work for me and be disastrous for you. Absolutely. And that's That's, how it should be with everybody. But of course, you know. Yeah. And if anybody listening, if you ever have questions, do feel free to send me a message as well. I have no problem answering any questions. You can even post in the group or whatever, because there's other practitioners in there as well in the Facebook group. And they're always real good about giving their perspectives as well, but also being open-minded and showing respect to others, even if they have a different point of view. That's that's how it should be. That's, well, I mean, it's my group. I kind of make that a rule. <laughs> But yeah, anytime you have any questions at all, just feel free, send me a message. Or if there's a subject you're curious on in particular, send me a message. Excellent. I I appreciate that. I definitely will. Now, you touched on something earlier. That was one of my questions. Are you writing another book? Yes, I am. You are. I am writing another book. Can you say anything about it or just that you're writing another book and we have to wait? Um, well, actually, no, I, I think I, I, I actually I, I went over my contract. So I think I'm OK to, to let you know, because I, I don't think there's anything in there because I have to present it to them first. So um, right. I'm actually working on a Civil War ghost book. Oh, 
since I'm basically in the heart of civil war country. Um, right. There's a ton of battlefields. And I, I believe I, I touched upon a few experiences that I've had here in Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've been to Gettysburg and some of the big ones. Um, but what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to approach this from a different perspective of mixing the history in with some ghost hunting techniques, I guess is what we want to say. I mean, okay. I, I'm going to try and do do a little bit of ghost ghost hunting and and, and see what I can get uh, combined with the history of, of some of these battlefields. And what, if everything works out, I've got a handful for this one. And then I want to go deeper South with like maybe a part two, if the first one's successful. I can't wait to read that one too. Honestly, I love civil war stories, especially stories of the ghosts of the civil war. Those are fascinating to me. The civil war itself. I'm not fascinated by, (laughs) but the stories of the hauntings from the civil war period, those seem to be really, I don't know how to describe it. You hear a lot of people talking about spirits from the Civil War all the way through 19th century. I wonder a lot of times why that is. So finding out the history plus using those ghost hunting techniques is going to be a really good book, I think. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's my next project. I'm actually starting to jump into, into that. Um, but while we're on that, can I give a shout out really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and this this segues into what we were just talking about. Um, if, if you're familiar, you may may or may not be familiar with her. Her name is Sharon Day, and she has a, a website called GhostHuntingTheories.com. Excellent, excellent uh, website. She's got a lot of great theories that make you want to make you really think. But here's the connection with that. Um, I was actually listening to another show, uh, and she actually – one of her first experiences happened in a Civil War antebellum mansion here in Fairfax County, where I'm at now, and I grew up in. And I was like, "Oh my God, where where is this?" Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah, so I emailed her, and she told me exactly where it was. And here's kind of the bizarre thing: is the day that I emailed her, I had actually gone by that house without knowing it. So I thought that was a little hmm. spooky. <laughs> so, um, but we were corresponding and, and I, I read her website and I got you and she has a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, she has a lot of great things. She's based out of Arizona, but uh, a lot of her theories, some of the things that she talks about in her blog um, is really, really interesting. But I, I wanted to give a shout out to her because, uh, again, there was that whole Civil War connection thing here in, here in the same place, obviously yeah. different times. But, um, yeah, if, if your audience wants to... Uh, if they they're not familiar with her, go to go to that uh, go to ghosthuntingtheories.com and look up Sharon Day, and, and I think uh, your audience will enjoy her. Uh, oh, I like, think so too. So I just wanted to give her a, give her a shout out because, like I said, I, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that, and that was the connection with the segue with the Civil War. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh yeah, well I'll probably look her up too. Okay, so I just wrote that down. I have to keep notes or I forget. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm trust me. I'm the same way. It's like, you know, the, the days of actually remembering things and without writing them down have stopped. I mean, as mm-hmm. I as I get older, I realize, and I get frustrated because I'm the same way. I'll, I'll go to the store for two things and forget what the hell I, I did without putting my note in my phone. Exactly. And it never used to be like that. It was always like I had like a sharp mind, and I still do. But it's just like 
I'm like, you know, damn it. I can't go to the store without these things. And, and one of the things I did is, is I'm, I'm going back on now because I actually, my cardiologist said it was okay to have a little bit. Um, I gave up coffee for almost a year. <gasps> so I'm just starting now to get back into drinking a little bit of coffee. And I think it does help me. And I think that's one of the reasons I was forgetting stuff is because I, the caffeine wasn't in my system. I, I don't know how you survived without coffee. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I was, well, actually, I, I think that, you know, that, that was a part of the whole coronary thing is that I actually liked, uh, I liked coffee with my sugar. <laughs> so oh. that's, that's what it was. It was a combination that, and you know, half a thing of sugar and a little bit of coffee just isn't going to work. And it, it, so that, that's what I did. But I, I, you know, when they told me, you know, you can have it in, in small amounts and change it up and, and, you know, moderation is everything. So I've actually started getting back into drinking coffee again. And I'm glad I do because I, I love coffee. I I do too, but I don't like sugar in mine. <laughs> See, I've, I've actually started either very little or none at all. Cause I'm, I'm actually the same way now because that's, you know, obviously <laughs> between that and the creamer I was putting in and it didn't help with the two packs a day smoking habit I had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the love of a good steak. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Now I'm starting to get a little worried. <laughs> my husband and I both love our coffee, cigarettes and steak. So, uh, you know, you know, it, and honestly, and, and people ask me, you know, because I'm, I'm going on seven months now, nicotine mm-hmm. free. And, and they ask me, like, first of all, they congratulate me. And they're like, how did you do it? And I said, you know. Seeing the Grim Reaper probably had a lot to do with it more than anything else. Because I quit cold turkey in the hospital. Yeah. And I think it was just the mindset. Because I would actually wanted to smoke, uh, quit smoking before because I was, I didn't want to be the guy with the hole in the throat. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to be that guy. And and that, and plus I was, I was noticing I was having some health issues. I, I was developing a huge hack and it was getting worse. That and I just realized how much of a slave to those things I was. You know, first thing in the morning, light up. Got to eat, light up. Get in the car, light up. It was just like everything was revolving around cigarettes. And I won't even talk about the money I've saved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I completely, completely understand but, that. But I, I tell people, and honestly, my, my girlfriend still smokes. And I'm trying to get, she's cut down. And she's going to hopefully quit soon. But um, I, I, I will not lie. I, I would love a cigarette. I will not lie. I would. I, I look at people and be like, I remember those days. I can use one of those. Yeah. But the will, <laughs> the willpower is like, no, no, you don't need need another one of these. So I know. I know me. If I if I do that, it won't be in moderation. I'll start with one or two, and then I'll be up to a pack and a half in, in a week. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's the case for a lot of people. It's either all or nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people are just social smokers. No, I've never understood that. I've never understood that at all. And the one thing that used to drive me crazy when I was in college is that I used to know people who would be like, you, you, you know, why, why do you smoke at whatever? Meanwhile, they just came out of a bar that like was smoke filled when you can actually smoke in places. And I was just like, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't really matter because you smell like you smoke and I know you don't. But yet you'll go to a bar where there's tons of smoke. So what's the difference? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's- I mean, I can't. Congratulations on quitting smoking and coffee. <laughs> I can't imagine how you did that. It, that's. I might actually prefer death, personally. 
<laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> I am just, I am an asshole without either. So I can't imagine what it's like to quit both pretty much at the same time. Bless you for doing it. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of people say. And, and, and like I said, that, that was the thing is that, um, and again, it was just like a kind of a mindset. So yeah. I was just like, I guess I was pretty ready to quit. And obviously I was dying really did it. But I know people who, who've had open heart surgery, they still smoke. Yeah, I do too. And it's just like, and then I started thinking, well, damn, they survived. Then maybe, you know, maybe this would. And then I think about it too, though. But, you know, honestly, like I said, the things that I never really thought about, um, like when people come in, because what they do, you know, they, they go outside to smoke and they come back into the building, they stink. And I'm uh-huh. like, my God, I used to smell like that because my sense of smell is enhanced now because I quit smoking. So I, honestly, I can with people. Case. I said that's my superpower is I can smell like a bloodhound because my sense of smell is so increased. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's you know, and 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 again, I I, I don't want to be the cigarette Nazi because that's oh, not no. who I am. Because again, I I know where they come from, but that used to be me. And again, I wouldn't lie. I, I, if I could, I'd probably like back up again. Cause I love, I love to smoke. A lot of people do, but uh, I got to jump off here. Cause my kid's going to be coming home from school soon. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, find your book, get a hold of you. Okay. Um, they can get a hold of me at K dot. I'm sorry. K at gmail.com. That's K-K-I-L-L-E-N-B is in boy, T is in Tom. Um, my book can be found uh Amazon.com, my publishing company, Ozark Mountain, um, and pretty much anywhere you want to buy, barnesandnoble.com, anywhere you want to uh um, buy your books, but uh it can be found there. And I encourage anybody that listens to your show, because I know you have a great fan base to uh touch base with me and let's let's talk. Yeah, send Kevin some stories. Let them know if you've experienced anything similar or what your stories are. And maybe you guys can find something that is similar. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Your book was great. And like I said, it's refreshing to see normal experiences that aren't over-exaggerated. Well, thank you for having me on, Jess. And, and uh, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this talk. And I will definitely be hitting you up with questions about witchcraft and other things. And uh, continue to listen to your podcast because I, I really enjoy it. Oh, anytime. Feel free to send me a message. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. Again, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, bullshitting with me, and answering a lot of these questions that I know can be a little tough. I had a great time with this. I appreciate you making the time to come on and talk to me. Let me know what you guys thought of this. I will be linking Kevin's book in the description, the show description here. If you're interested, go buy the book. Give it a read. Let Kevin know what you thought, even just of this interview. If you have paranormal experiences, give him some feedback. Give me some feedback. If you want to talk to me or say what you thought about this episode, let me know. You can reach me on Facebook and Instagram, Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos, SBT Pod on Twitter, 
I'm not super active on Twitter. I've said this in past episodes. I don't understand Twitter. I feel like an old fart, but I don't get it. But that's okay. Like I don't scroll through and stuff, but if you follow me, I'll follow you back. If you send me a message, I'll get it. But if you don't have social media, say you want to just send me an email. Shoesboozeandtattoos at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you all next week. Bye. I'll pick you off the ground.